Welcome to the Reading the Bible Together podcast. I'm your host, Angela Smith. Today is our first official episode. We are talking about Luke chapter 1. And my guest today is the person that sits right next to me in the office. My guest is Paul Perot. He is Paul Perot. I said that really fast. His name is Paul Perot, and he's the producer of <laughs> Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Welcome, Paul. Oh, thank you, Angie. Good I'm just so excited. You. I'm talking too fast. Okay. Well, I get it. I'm a <laughs> yeah. fast talker by nature. You know, I got it from my mom's side of the family. So <laughs> so let's dive right in there okay. because there's a lot that happens in this chapter. Uh, yes, very much. <laughs> When you get the angelic stuff happening, yeah, things kind of go quickly. So. Wow. I mean, Blur. well, and it's, I don't want to skip over to the right at the very beginning, Luke kind of setting the stage for mm-hmm. what he's doing, that he's making an account of what Jesus did while he was here and that he's writing to his friend, Theophilus, who I'm not really sure who that is. But Yeah, I don't know if anybody really does. All mm-hmm. I know is it's cool to me. Luke is so explicit as to why he's writing it, and to whom. He mentions Theophilus, and then why he's writing it. There's only one other gospel that really gives that clear indication of why it's being written. That's uh, And it's toward the end of the book mm-hmm. uh, where, where John talks about, you know, these things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Well, yeah, Luke is dealing with the issue of, I, I think, you know, anytime there's somebody as as powerful as as big as Christ is or at least in in for us as Christians there's going to be a lot of false stories that mm. pop up mm-hmm. and if you ever really followed some of the apocryphal stories because there's lots of things that were written down in in the centuries following about Christ uh and a lot of it's just you know weird but i guess that was a problem for Luke too and so he's basically helping his friend Theophilus okay you're hearing all these stories. I want to give you an orderly account mm-hmm. of what took place. And now Luke, not being an eyewitness, is trusting on eyewitnesses to build his account, which is kind of cool because he's kind of our first investigative reporter, if yes, you wish. Yes, that's exactly what I felt like it is, that mm-hmm. he's an investigative reporter trying. And I kind of love that he wasn't a f- he wasn't didn't have a firsthand account. Right. Because there were so I mean, it would have been amazing to be one of the twelve or the women that were following Jesus and doing life with him, but you know, when when you have some when you see what they saw, mm-hmm. it can be impactful. You know, like they talk about a witness you know, there's a there's something physiologically that happens in your body that sometimes you don't remember things necessarily exactly the way that they mm-hmm. happen. So it's almost like Luke is removed a little bit yeah. to kind of get a bigger picture perspective. Dispassionate look yeah. at it, yeah. yeah. And, and that helped out. But I love the fact he makes some references to who he's talked to, mm. especially, for example, because if you – in the first several – our first few bo- uh, chapters of Luke, a lot of this is based upon, I'm pretty certain, what Mary told him because – he talks about how Mary treasured these things in her heart. It's like, okay, she she had time to think about all this stuff, what she experienced. So, well, and I thought about that with uh, like, how did you know who was he talking to? You're mm-hmm. probably exactly right that it was Mary because how would he know otherwise what Mary sang? Like her exactly. Magnificat. Exactly. I'm kind of wondering too if he may have borrowed. I mean, okay, by the time Luke wrote was writing his gospel, very likely Mark already existed. And Mark, he may have gotten that because that's John Mark, mm-hmm. and Paul and 
John, Mark, and Luke were doing stuff together. So I don't know if they – he shared yeah. notes. Mm-hmm. And, right? you know, Matthew was around too by this time. And so it's like – he had the opportunity to get from eyewitnesses. I mean, Mark was also, is also, um, what is it, I think, nephew of Peter. Mm-hmm. And so he probably, uh, Uncle Peter told him all the stories. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so. Well, okay, so that's who, that is why Luke is writing, and yeah. that is who he is writing to. You know, what else was sticking out to you in this chapter? We're, beforehand, we were talking about Zechariah and how he was looking for or for assurance. I mean, the, the next story there, or the next thing after the intro is getting into the birth of John the Baptist or the announcement, mm-hmm. which was kind of weird. Right? I mean, Zechariah, he's a, he's considered blameless and, and uh, a righteous man and Elizabeth, a righteous woman, but they're barren and... Which is interesting because usually if they're barren, that has... In that time, unfortunately, they thought it was because of some kind of sin. So it's right. interesting that Luke points that out. That is very interesting. And obviously he's he's in God's eyes different because this is, I think, a God's eye view of things. I mean, you're right. People would look at, oh, you're barren, obviously. Oh, what sin is in your life? What sin is in your life? That, that's kind of the mentality they had then, that, that shame culture. But God does things a little differently. I'm, I'm kind of happy about that. Now <laughs> – I'm sure, you know, Zechariah and Elizabeth spent many, many years in prayer. God, give us a child. Give us a child. And it never happened. And then all of a sudden, many, many years later, as they're old, that, uh, okay, the, his lot came up to serve in the temple to go into the uh, inner court to do the burning of incense at the proper time. And people outside are praying. I mean, it's like, okay. God timed this out because lots are in God's hands. Mm -hmm. And so he's in there and all of a sudden, who appears to him? Gabriel saying, hey, your prayers have been answered. You're going to have a son. And it's like, (laughs) a little late, eh, Gabriel? How can that be? How can that be? (laughs) A little late, Gabriel. Actually, okay, to me, there's a couple of things that really jump out at me because – Zechariah, he should have taken this as assurance. He, being a being a priest, hopefully well steeped in the Old Testament, would at least know the story of Abraham and Sarah. Right. It's like, you mean you're going to do for Abraham, do for me and Elizabeth what you did for Abraham and Sarah? That wasn't his response. Okay. Yes, you're right. That wasn't his response. But I like. Abraham was a legend. I mean, that's how they. I mean, that's <laughs> well, how true. They, that's how they identified themselves that's true. as descendants of Abraham. Exactly. And I, I like God was going to do. Thinking about it from Zechariah's point of view, God was going to do for him what He had done for Abraham, who's he, who He's a son of. Uh, exactly. Like, like Abraham's a legend. Like mm-hmm. what? He's a big guy. Yeah. Father I mean, Abraham. an angel. First of all, he's in. I don't. I can't remember if it was a holy of holies, but he's supposed to be. And one of the inner places that I think they would even tie mm-hmm. something to them in case something to happen to them while they're in there, they could pull them, pull the priest out. So he's in this once in a lifetime place, an angel appears and says that they're going to do the same thing that they did for this legend, Abraham. Mm-hmm. I, that makes me understand a little bit more why he's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a legend. I'm... <laughs> oh, it, 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 it's interesting because, again, he was sent to answer. Gabriel was sent to answer in part mm-hmm. the prayer of yeah. And Zechariah seems to 
blow it off as how can that be? I, right. I, it's, instead of just a knowledge, really? Thank you? It's like, ah, how can that be? Mm-hmm. You know, it, there seems to be a dismissiveness. And it's sad to see. And you know, yet even in the midst of that, I'm still struck by, okay, he did have to deal with a little bit of a hand slap or shall we say mouth slap. He couldn't <laughs> yeah. talk mm-hmm. for, you know, nine months plus until John was born. And yet God said he was going to do it. God was going to answer the prayer. He did it, regardless of the heart of Zechariah in that that situation there. Whether or not he believed or not. Whether, you know, God says, this is what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. I I don't need your permission. (laughs) And it's so interesting to think about the way that he responded versus because then the next thing we see is Mary Mm, being visited. Mm -hmm. And she says that, you know, whatever, all that you have said, let it be. But she First, though, you know, when the angel said, you're going to have a son, she asked the question, oh, how, how can, can this, this be? Happen? Yeah, how can true. this be? Well, OK. Now, I can get Mar- I can get Mary's situation here. There's a bit of a difference. I mean, a lot of people look at, well, they both questioned. Mm-hmm. But what was the heart behind it? Because th- I'll get to that in a moment. But Mary was asking, you know, she had no scriptural precedent to really work on. OK, there's a there's this vague mention of a virgin will be with child, mm-hmm. a prophecy. I don't know if they fully understood what that prophecy meant. I mean, there's so much that it's like, how's that going to be borne out? How's that going to be borne out? And yet for for Mary, it's like, okay, uh, I'm not married. She, <laughs> right? There's, there's no scriptural precedent, unlike for Zechariah when it comes to Abraham and, and Sarah. So she's kind of, okay, how's this going to be? I mean, okay, God can do it. How? Right. And I think there's a bit of difference. Plus, it, it was, to me, you heard what Gabriel said to Zechariah, because of your unbelief. Mm. In that moment, I'm, and I don't want to say total unbelief, but in that situation, you're not trusting what God is promising you. That's one thing. But Elizabeth, you remember when uh, Mary goes to see Elizabeth later on in the chapter, and uh, John the Baptist sleeps in her womb, and then she's talking about, she talks about how you are blessed because you believe that the Lord would do what he said. Mm-hmm. Mary was questioning to help understand and believe more, whereas I think Zechariah, I, I don't want to come across as overly judging him because we're all guilty of this kind of thing too, but I think he was dismissing, whereas Mary was just kind of, I, I believe you, how is going to happen type thing. So I, I love how jo- or rather Luke puts it in his narrative, the different heart attitudes mm-hmm. that Zechariah had in the situation as opposed to Mary in that situation. Yeah, even though they're asking, both asking a similar question, mm-hmm. the the motivation for it right. is different. It is way different, yeah. way different. But And both are relatable. <laughs> Too relatable, that's <laughs> <Yeah>. the thing. <laughs> oh, so good, so good. And so is there anything else in this chapter that really kind of jumps out at you? Okay, we, we hear the term of Mary being blessed because uh, Elizabeth mentions that in her greetings. And then Mary even brings it up in what's called the Magnificat, one of the three. I love the three songs you find in in the early chapters of Luke. The Magnificat, you have Zechariah's prayer, and you have the prayer of Simeon, the nuns to midis, now dismiss. I have seen the Messiah. Please give me, you know, dismiss me. But Kashiv talks in the Magnificat, uh, I will be called blessed. And here she is at the start of this journey of hers. 
did she fully understand what that blessing would entail? Right. Yes, uh, she got to be the mother of Messiah, which is a huge blessing. But I, I was struck by all that she went through uh, in, in the gospel accounts that I would kind of go, that ain't no blessing. I mean, okay, the whole you're going to be the Messiah's mom, but everybody's going to think you're a loose woman. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Joseph even almost divorced her if it wasn't for an angel coming by and slapping yeah. up saying, no, 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 this is my, this is God's doing. We're good here. There's that. There's when they travel to Bethlehem, no room in the inn. And people have been debating what that means. Long story short, they weren't accepted in their own family possibly because of Mary. That's why Mary had to have Jesus where the cattle were. The whole issue of having to flee because to Egypt because Herod was trying to kill baby Jesus. I mean, this is not exactly what she was, I don't think she was saying, hey, this isn't what I signed up for, and yet it happened. And then watching your son die on a cross, a criminal's death, totally, pow- I mean, this is blessedness? And yet, yeah. It is in the bigger picture again. Sometimes you have to back up and see all that God is doing and all the tears, every tear you cry, God answers for in a big way. Mm-hmm. So, all going through all of that suffering makes the resurrection that much more. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, you can't have Sunday without Friday. Exactly. And if you don't linger on Friday, Sunday's not going to have as much meaning as mm-hmm. it does. And so I think, but I think you're exactly right that we expect blessing. It feels similar to me to saying that God is good. Yeah. When we say God is good, I I think a lot of times, myself included, meant that to be feel good. Mm -hmm. And that's not always the case. Good is a bigger, broader, deeper meaning of a word. And I think you're right on blessing. That word blessing, being called blessed may not always feel true. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. And yet, when you stand, when you get a chance to step back and get the whole picture, right. things are a lot different. You do see the blessedness. And I, I look at Mary and what she went through. I look at even Zechariah, what he went through. Okay, he was he he was silenced for a while, and yet yeah. you, you see in in the next chapter. I, I hate doing all the spoilers here, <laughs> but you know when he's his tongue is finally loosed after he says his name is John which was a weird story in itself, but his response, his Zechariah's song, which is prophetic, it is beautiful, and he got it. It, it took a bit of a chastisement, but he got the blessing, and he, he got what was going on. So, yeah. Thank you, Paul. Thank you for taking time to sit down and, and, talk, and start this whole thing off with me. <laughs> no problem. With Luke chapter 1. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes. And we will see you next time with Luke chapter 2. The Reading the Bible Together podcast is a production of Faith Radio and Northwestern Media. Hosted, produced, and edited by Angela Smith. If you've enjoyed this podcast and want to hear more, consider financially supporting Faith Radio. Find more information at myfaithradio.com.